Welcome to Freelance with Freedom. I'm your host, Harriet Hadfield, and I'm so excited you're here. I help creative freelancers become fully booked and in demand in any market, on their terms and without burning out. I went from broke makeup artist living in a room I couldn't stand up in, living paycheck to paycheck, to working on the red carpets of LA as a celebrity makeup artist. I also created a six-figure business during a global pandemic in less than seven months. After working around the world and on set as a celebrity makeup artist 15 plus year, I was tired, tired of the hustle culture and an emphasis on being busy. I was tired of the starving artist mentality and buying into the narrative, there's only one way to be successful. So I decided to create my own version of success, to break the rules and rewrite my own. And I wanna show you how to do the same. If you're a freelance creative and you want to generate consistent income, work with your dream clients, and step into the CEO role in your business, you're in the right place. There's room for you at this table. So I'm super excited that today's podcast episode is sponsored by my brand new free training coming soon, how to book celebrity clients in any market and double your bookings. So this is a free training I'll be hosting on the 7th of February at 11 a.m. PST. And no matter where you live or what market you're in, I want to show you how to book celebrity clients and double your existing bookings in my brand new free training. Gone are the days of needing an agent or having to assist the big players in your industry to get you and your work in front of celebrity clients and become a well-established artist in your own right. You don't have to wait your turn and you certainly don't have to climb the ladder. If you're over the old school narrative that you have to earn your right to be visible and that someone else has the power to make or break your career, then I created this training for you. It's time to create your own opportunities, lay the foundations for your own brand and create an insatiable demand for you and your service. Learning how to get yourself booked is the bedrock of creative entrepreneurship and being able to position yourself as not only the expert, but a true visionary in your creative industry is the pathway to becoming fully booked on your terms. No hustle required, I promise. Say goodbye to relying on word of mouth and referrals for good. That training is going to be on the 7th of February at 11am PST, and I will leave the link to register for the free training in the links below. Hello everyone, welcome back. I hope you are doing really, really well. I have just come back from a week away on an incredible mastermind retreat with my business coach and my mastermind sisters in Puerto Rico, which honestly was amazing. I'm totally obsessed with Puerto Rico. The food was so good, the company, we were by the sea. It was incredibly beautiful. So we had an incredible cooking course to learn how to cook incredible yummy Puerto Rican food. And I'm just so grateful for coaching and to be a part of such an incredible community. This trip away, it's made me think a lot about my own community and especially what I'm trying to build inside Freelance with Freedom. So I always knew I became a coach for creators because I wanted to destroy the starving artist narrative and ultimately rebuild the confidence that I think so many creatives have lost as a result of being inside an industry that promotes this idea that success is limited to a select few. But I also realized while I was away that I'm a born entrepreneur through and through. And I think if you're listening to this, then you probably are too. And I really believe as creatives, we are well overdue to reclaim that title of entrepreneur. And I just was thinking about this so much when I was away. Like I've always found myself feeling entrepreneurial from before I was a makeup artist, during being a makeup artist, and even as a coach, like really getting comfortable in that identity. And I was thinking back and I remember being five years old (laughs) 
and asking my mom if I could sell my drawings for 10p outside our house. I was like, mom, I've made these amazing drawings. I really think people will want to buy them. I think I was five. She didn't let me. But the fact that at five years old, I was ready to sell my art is kind of brilliant. Like, I love five-year-old me. And I saw worth in my work even then. So even when they were stick men and doodles on a page, I saw they were worth something, even if it was just to me and my mom when she stuck them on the fridge. It's been so good for me this trip just to go back and think about all the scenarios, all the times when I was building that identity. And I think quite unconsciously for the most part. But I remember being 11 and I became obsessed with, there was this catalog I used to buy for glass beads, like to make jewelry. I think the shop was in Soho in London. I used to order them in, save my pocket money and then like order these beads. And I remember making like earrings, necklaces, I think whatever I could make. I had my little like toolbox filled with all my beads and all my tools. I was always crafting. I was always making and creating and I remember going to Hobbycraft, so I would buy like the extra equipment I need, and then I would spend hours making them, like so many hours, like love went into these pieces of jewelry quite literally. And I loved the process of making them, but I also remember realizing, wait, I could sell these. So naturally they got to a point where there was joy in making these pieces of jewelry, but I was like, okay, I have so many now, <laughs> like what do I do with them? And I remember each year they would do the school fair, And I was like, wait, I can sell them at the school fair. And so I did. I got a little stall. Again, this is pre-YouTube. You have to like really go back now, everyone. And there was nothing really to kind of learn. How do you make a stall? Like, what do you charge? Like all these things. I was just like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And I got myself a little stall. I put like a tablecloth over it. I made it super cute. Everyone at my school fair loved them. And I was so proud of myself. Again, I saw value in what I was creating. And I remember I loved getting paid for what I made just as much as the making it part. So that's never been lost on me, that you can enjoy the act of creation just as much as receiving, whether you want to call it compensation, whether you want to call it a return of investment, like whatever you want to call it. I've always been aware that like there was enjoyment in both those things for me. And even when I made my first YouTube channel, I made it knowing that I would love the process of showcasing my makeup, but I was also very aware of the fact I could probably monetize my art again. So starting YouTube, it was like, yeah, I've got so many ideas. There's so many ways I can showcase my work and my skill set, but also here's another way I can monetize that art. So again, even when I first started my YouTube channel, I remember being on shoots where they would have the backdrop, like the colorama, and they'd be throwing the piece away that everyone had stood on, like the models had stood on. I'd be like, hey, if you're going to throw that away, can I have that? (laughs) And I would take it home in my like dingy little London flat. I lived above a dry cleaner, so it was crazy hot in that flat, like insanely hot. And I remember pinning this piece of colorama that was like got footprints on and stuff like that but I was like I'll make it work I got an eraser and rubbed out the footprints and was like great now I have a backdrop for my YouTube channel I remember I had a camera that was so old it didn't even have autofocus on so I'd have to like position an umbrella to be like in the frame of exactly where I was going to sit so I could make sure that the focus wasn't blurry when I filmed makeup tutorials and again picture me above the dry cleaners so the heat in summer it was hot there was a lot of like sweat trickling down my back when I'd film but I loved it I loved the act of creating I loved the fact that my community were telling me what they wanted more of 
And people were saying like, oh my God, I'm learning so much from this. Again, community was building. I felt a huge sense of fulfillment. But of course, it was also bringing more eyes onto me and my art, which in turn led to sponsorships. It led to ad revenue. There were so many things that were happening as a result of me kind of really embodying that identity of a creative entrepreneur. And it just made me realize time and time again how creatives, we are the very definition of that word, entrepreneur. Like I said, I chose to embody it through several stages out my life, both childhood, teenage years, and adult life. But I think we always have, and I think this is why it's so important we really become conscious of the fact that we're creative entrepreneurs. Because I think we grow up being told how bad we are with money, especially when we go into the arts, into a creative career. And I remember people saying to me, like, it was gonna be hard for me to make it, whatever that means, okay, like in air quotes, like to make money from it. I think that's what people were trying to say, is that it would be hard for me to make money from my art. And that ultimately what I had was a glorified hobby. So my makeup was cute. It was sweet that I could do it on my friends. I'd probably get a job maybe working in a salon, and maybe that was as good as it was going to get for me. It was nice, but it wasn't a means to support myself, let alone get rich out of it or build generational wealth, like build 10k months, six multi six figure business, like all these things had been reserved for what I believed were entrepreneurs in the sense that I had known them to be. So the people you see on Dragon's Den that invent something, people who go to get investment in Silicon Valley. Like for me, that was what I saw an entrepreneur. So it makes sense. So I want you to think about it for a minute. Again, if we are creative entrepreneurs, we do not have a boss, okay? We have no monthly salary. We wear all the hats in our business. So we are the social media expert. We are our agent. We are our booker. We are our PR person, our publicist, our accountant. We do all the things. So we've always been wearing all the hats, we've always taken the risks, and this is what I see an entrepreneur to be, is someone who creates opportunity. We are entrepreneurs. So why have we become so estranged from that word? And my guess is that we were told we couldn't be artists and CEOs, okay? We were told wanting money for art was bad, looked down upon, and it somehow made our art less credible. So again, business was for the math students, for the scholars and those who were good with numbers. But I don't believe the two are separate. I genuinely believe we need both, okay? We need our creative and we need our CEO. And the way I see it is we have to remarry them together again. So at some point they became separate or maybe they always were for us. So in order to see the impact of both in our businesses we have to remarry our inner artist and our ceo we have to make space for both so for most of us we've spent a lot of time listening to one and i believe drowning the other one out and this was definitely my experience for a long time so maybe the word business owner or ceo has previously made you feel like an imposter or perhaps it just never sat true with you and yet when the two so being the creative being the artist and being the ceo are allowed space to breathe to show up and have equal input into our work we get all our boxes ticked okay we can make art that we care about that has meaning to us and get paid handsomely so when one alone runs the show we feel off kilter so the way i see it is you're kind of like in a ceo and your inner artist, they are both kind of entities that are running the show. And our job is just to put them back together again so they're working on the same team. 
So for example, when it's just about the money, it feels redundant, pointless even, okay? That's when our inner artist needs space to create, to get messy and to try new things. But our artist also likes to compare, to overthink, and to get stuck in things being the perfect version or the best version. Because our artist is very protective, which can keep us hesitant and stop us from moving forward. Okay, the artist is in the moment. It's harder for the artist to see like the long-term vision. However, our CEO knows our worth and our CEO wants to get us paid, okay? It wants to implement boundaries. It's great at communicating effectively and it's there to build our legacy. Again, it sees the end game. It sees the long-term vision. So our CEO cares about the money and is looking for safety, efficiency, and our CEO likes a plan. It likes to see how we'll get from A to B, which naturally our artist can rebel against because it seeks out the chaos and a break from conformity. So the CEO is driving us towards the vision. So can you see how necessary both are? So as a creative, we have to marry the CEO and the artist back together. They are the ultimate power couple. That's how I see it. And five-year-old me wanting to sell doodles and stick men was allowing both her artist and CEO to show up. Okay, 11-year-old Harry selling glass beaded jewelry at school was allowing both her artist and CEO to come to the party too. She sold out of all the things she made that day. And somewhere as we get older, I think the lines get blurred in terms of, oh, we feel like we identify more with one than the other. So at some point, it's like we've learned to separate them because of what we hear about creatives. And again, what we get told is available to us it makes sense that the two do get separated at some point and we just have to bring them back together. So this is your reminder that when you allow for both, when you allow space for creativity and the desire to make money without judging it, because that's the difference. Five-year-old Harry was never judging, wanting Tempe for her stickman. Magical things can happen. So it is safe to express who you are and want to buy material things, okay? You're allowed to buy a house. You're allowed to spend money. You're allowed to want those things. And I've always been very clear on what my mission is for Freelance with Freedom, but I know when I was in Puerto Rico, I really felt like I saw this so clearly that I wanted every creative to reclaim the title of entrepreneur, to believe that you can be a creative and a millionaire. Like even just sit with those two words and see what comes up in your body, see if there's resistance, see if you, your brain wants to offer that it's not possible. I want us to bring those two things back together. Okay, so you can care deeply about what you create and invest in the stock market. You can invest and take bougie vacations. It's time to stop apologizing and we have to stop taking what we can get and ask for more, okay? We have to expect more as creatives. And that means from ourselves. So again, bringing back the CEO and the artist, when we let them work together, magical things happen. And I was thinking so much when I was away about the starving artist narrative. And I was like, it only exists because we never questioned it, okay? We never picked it apart and said, why us? So I don't know about you, but no one is going to cap my income, thank you very much. And I don't want that for my clients either. So inside Freelance for Freedom, we are going to teach you how to marry the CEO and the artist so you can do incredible things. I want you to create your best work yet and make fuck tons of money. Okay, both can exist. And in my book, and is always better than or. So I believe you don't have to choose. Thank you so much for listening to Freelance with Freedom. I'd love to continue this conversation over on Instagram. So come hang out with me at Freelance with Freedom. You can follow me there for mini trainings that include mindset and strategy to help you step into the CEO role in your business. And if you're interested in taking this work further, 
head to www.harrietadfield.com to find out more about working together. I'm wishing you an incredible week and I can't wait to see you in the next one.